another day another fpl pod jack how are you doing this evening josh i'm very well thank you very well indeed had a nice weekend enjoyed the football bit of a drab game week that we'll get on to but can't complain can't complain about life really yeah how are you doing great yeah all good as you said drab game week but and we have to say again we are recording in the middle of the monday night game yeah and it's currently one nil to wolves isn't it oh, so it's two nil josh it's, it's just two gone two jimenez has just scored for the wolverines for wolves so yeah, it looks like the studio jimenez jack, has just scored yeah this just in no assists by the look of it, but Jimenez just scored. Yeah, that was. We'll come on to this, Josh. But that this was one of many games this week that I thought was very difficult to call which way it would go. One of many. So, yeah, Spoiler. maybe that'll be a little theme this week. But speaking of this week, what have we got on, Josh? What's the? Give us a running order. Running order is the same as last week's. So we found a little groove oh. now. So we're going to review our game week 10 points as they are so far. Look at the XG and XA top performers. Then we've got some quick fire questions. We picked some fixture predictions. One's three fixtures that we think are going to be good or difficult to choose for certain FPL assets. Then we're going to look at game week 11, you know, our transfer plans and captaincy. And then finally check out how the algo teams got on. Great. Sounds good. I'm happy with that memorize that so second nature now these pods for us josh exactly excellent should we crack on game week mid game week near the end how are you getting on how am i getting well i know exactly how i've got on so i have no i have zero assets you're done the game that's currently going on i am done done. dusted two multiplied by 10 plus one romeo done josh done yeah josh done uh and i'm done on 41 points so Currently, the smallest of Green Arrows, I believe, kicking up around just over 800,000 overall rank. So not ideal, but, you know, still can jump with some decent points. We're still at that stage in the season. Yeah, I mean, the biggest mistake I made was in the first game this week, I think, where I chose in my crazy mad scientist moment. This is painful. To experiment by putting Foster in instead of Ramsdale. Man of the week, Ramsdale. Yeah, that's... And you you said it, man of the week. He had an absolute storm up. Some of the saves he was making. Unbelievable. That one off the the, the free kick where he tapped onto the crossbar was beautiful. And then gets up to save it again. Like, he's just... Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had 10 points. So that versus, you know, Foster's two points. Cheers, Foster. Cycling so, GK lets you down, lets oh, you down. Yeah. Is that a lesson for you then, Josh, to just not mess with that, not mess with the black magic of rotating goalies? Or do you not regret it? Or Oh, wait, 100% regret it. I mean, yeah, but, you, re- you definitely regret it. But do you look back at the decision and think, actually, no, this decision was the right one? Or do you look back and think, what the hell was I thinking? I mean, of course, with cold, hard hindsight, all of the obvious things come out like, you know, he plays for a better team. He's the better goalkeeper out of the two. <laughs> why, why, why the hell did you make this decision? And yes, the take-home message for me is when you're trying to, you know, go up the rank, you've had a few bad game weeks, is just, you know, stick to what you know. Yeah. Do I the mean, basics. It's, it's exactly why I don't 
mess with it because because you can really beat yourself up with the goalie rotation. I've done it years gone by, and it's just take that decision out of the game. I think I think FPL General tweeted this week and got in some debate with it that he said he likes to take decisions out of the game. So make allow himself to make as few decisions as possible with the goalie rotation being one. And people are like, no, it's all about decisions. Da, da, da. It should be the game. Like, that's a really poor take. But I agree with him because actually Foster did better than Sanchez this week, who's my goalie. But I don't feel that pain of having Ramstad on the bench because I've, I've just got Steele on the bench who had zero. So even though your goalie did better than me, you're looking in pain at that 10 points on the bench. Whereas I, I could well have Ramsdale on the bench, but I don't. So I don't beat myself up in that way. So it's an interesting one. Thanks. Thanks for trying to make me feel better. But, you know, yeah. I think you're It right. wasn't really. It was an awful, awful move. Lessons. Yeah. <laughs> damn it, damn it, damn it. <laughs> but yeah, so that kind of set the tone. And then, you know, blanks from Trent, Cancelo, Diaz, What's going on? They're not doing defense. it for you, Josh. These city defenders, are they? Every we're week, gonna, we're going to get on to that you know, ass, because <laughs> because yeah, that is a talking point. So mm. cheers, Pep. Um, but yeah, you know, obviously returns from Livermento, Salah, Ben Rama finally doing something, Rafinha, and then blanks across the front line from Tony Antonio and Vardy. So yeah, green arrow. So can't complain. But Ramsdale, that would have put me in a nice position. But let's not look into the past. How did you do? Yeah. Uh, well, it's let's just hold up a mirror, Josh, because Ooh. we're looking very similar. So I'm currently on 41 live points with two subs to come in, but I've got Cody mid-game. So I'm in that weird... It's such a week of sort of... It's Most people have done pretty poorly this week, haven't they? So we're in elite... We're in quite a, quite a competitive league of about 40 managers where the manager of the week wins a prize each week. And normally that, that top manager's on about 85 points, I would say, 70 to 80 points. Current top is on 60 points. So I think that shows what a poor week it is across the board. So I'm weirdly in this mode of Cody. If Cody gets a clean sheet, I view that I've had a great week. If he doesn't, I'll get 42 points and feel like I've had a rubbish week. But that's just a swing of four points. So... That's kind of how I feel about this this week in these these really low scoring weeks. So yeah, currently on forty one, probably end. I'll end between forty two and forty five, probably. Uh, so again, not great. Similar story: Sanchez blank, Trent blank, Livramento. We love really? him. We do love him. Lundstrom reincarnate. I think we can agree with Livramento, mm-hmm. smashing it across the board. My Mane picks coming came good. I was a yeah. bit annoyed he got that disallowed goal. I feel like Liverpool could have had a few more goals, him and Salah, but I can't complain with seven points. And yeah, Rafinha with nine, Salah with the captaincy on 10, and, and then the disappointing Antonio and Kane blanking. Bench letting me down with Duffy coming on for zero points and Sissoko <laughs> coming on for two. But yeah, just a drab week. But not, not a bad week to have a bad week, I think. It's, my, it's how I feel about this one. Positives. There are positives. Yeah, there's always positives. Always positives, aren't there, Joshua? Yeah, there we are. There we are. I, think I won't live long in the memory, will it, this week? Not at all. Ramsdale's, Ramsdale's performance um, is the only memorable thing about it, really. And we don't want to talk about that. I mean, I don't. So no, we won't let's mention move it again. swiftly on. <laughs> won't mention it again. Won't mention it again. Let's move on. Let's have a look at some XG and XA, Josh. Let's cheer ourselves up with some 
some high scorers, high performers. Let's do that. Yeah. So same format as last week. We've got the top three XG and the top three XA performers from the last five game weeks. We have been starting with the XG, so let's keep going with that. Third spot, Jack, we've got a new entry. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, first time we've seen him this year in any of our XG ranks. Who is it? Yeah, and you know what? It's great to see him back. It's Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, the P himself, coming back with 3.04 XG from five game weeks. Three goals scored, one assist. Is he back? I mean, I wouldn't say he's back to his gang-busting best because that season he was up there with Salah, toe-to-toe with Salah and Mane as as must-owned property, wasn't he, really? But it is great to see him. It's great to see him happy, I would say. He actually looks happy on the pitch. And he's one we should all be looking at, I think. What do you think about the P? I mean, you can't ignore him. I think he's kind of snuck into half of, or partly into the conversations we've had about, you know, premiums and who who should you be thinking about or who could you look at. We're starting to see, we're seeing him here, scored three goals in the last five. Like he is in the conversation. And I think it comes down to, do you want to jump on him this early? and be proactive or you know do you want to kind of wait a little bit and see what that turns into they've got Watford this week so it's you know that's a lot of potential time to roll the dice but then they've got Liverpool the week after then Newcastle so it's like a up and down I, I, I don't know it's you can kind of you want him for next week you don't want him for game week 12 you want him again for game week 13 but with these kind of choices you just got to roll the dice sometimes so I personally won't be. I mean, a Vardy to Aubameyang move seems a quite obvious one in some places. A lot of people did the Lukaku to Vardy, didn't they? So, But I'm probably going to be keeping with Vardy because I think it's just much for muchness, you know, moving. A bit sideways. Oh, yeah. A bit sideways. Well, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm a bit more up on Aubameyang than you. Just a, I guess just a question on a couple of things you said there. I mean, I think now we're living in the age of it's a barren wasteland of strikers suddenly like complete opposite of what it was at the start of the season I think you know the I think Vardy is flattering to deceive a little bit Antonio's blanking which we'll come on to Tony's not doing it Danny Ings is injured Bamford's injured Dominic Calvert-Lewin's injured so I think and you said he's in the conversation but weirdly I feel like he's not in the conversation in sort of conversations that I've seen about about strikers, and I think he's gone under the radar quite a lot of Babiang. I mean, what's his what's his team selected by percentage at the moment? Let me have a look. I mean, the differential 11, Josh, are going to be looking at this guy if he's under 5%. But oh, 5.2. 5.2, so he's just out of bounds for differential 11. But that's still amazingly low, isn't it? And as a Kane owner, I'm sort of, after that weekend, I'm like, well, that was the wrong move, wasn't it? But yeah, 9.9, much cheaper than the Canes and Lukaku's. He's in the annoying midway point of not quite a mid-price, not quite a premium. But but yeah, I like Aubameyang. I like him. Arsenal, week by week, are just getting better and better, I think. And maybe it's time for the, the P train to jump aboard. P, the gravy train. P, spoon with a P on it. I don't know cut that bit out <laughs> so yeah that's about me and i think i think good you're still i feel like you're still a bit wait and see and that's that matches our characters you know i'm play it safe you're a little bit 
you trying know, to say risky. Trying to say some would say risky, some would say reckless. Yeah. Some would say reckless, <laughs> thoughtless. So you've got to be uh, reckless, bring yeah, in a bomb, yeah. Fair. Fair. Who's in at number two, Josh? It's our beloved Bobby Firmino. Bobby. And he's coming in at 3.05 XG, three goals, one assist, matching Aubameyang's stats, but having only played 292 minutes compared to Aubameyang's 433. So a lot less minutes, but a much greater return. What What are you thinking, Jack? I, You know, I'm a Liverpool fan, so I'm going to sit on sit on the fence a little bit here. I love Bobby, but we know historically there's doubts around his minutes versus Jota. Are you interested in him? Oh yeah, I respect Bobby. I respect Bobby. What a, what a great player. But for me, it's two things with him. Main one you, that you said, it's his minutes. So you just don't know. And it looks like Mane's kind of in the mix now with this three-way between Firmino, Jota and Mane of who's going to play. Salah's the only one locked in, I feel, in that front three now. So it's that. And it's his... He takes up a Liverpool spot for me. So it does mean you... If you go with him, you you can't really have the Jota and the Mane and the Trent. You need to have... And I think we're in broad agreement that Salah and Trent are the, the main men. So him being a forward, him being a striker in the game, makes him less appealing than a Jota and a Mane to me. And his price, what is he, 8 million or something? What's he sitting at? Uh, 8.9 mil. So again, he's not Jota bargain basement levels. Mm. So it's a bit more frustrating when you see him benched over Jota because you can kind of absorb it with Jota's price a bit more. So it feels strange to really big up a Bamiyang who's on a worse team, who's more expensive and has got the same stats, but with more minutes. It feels a bit counterintuitive to be singing a Bamiyang's praises and saying Firmino's in a void. But I just think a Bamiyang will start every game. And yeah, I don't know. Maybe for maybe he's a good buy. What do you think? Okay, what do you think? Buy or no buy? Not just not a buy for me. Just buy no. just knowing that he will get points but because of the roulette of minutes and as you said the rotation of those those front three spots for which three of three players are, are fighting for two of them because the Salah's locked in you'll again roll it's much like many city assets you're rolling the dice on having him and playing him when he performs well can you afford nearly nine million to have someone who's potentially not going to play or come on for 20 minutes or 15 minutes, etc. And the other thing is what we've seen in recent seasons is he's just not as prolific as, you know, the Mane's or, or Salah's definitely not the Salah's, but even Mane and Abadji score outscores Bobby. So, and we saw in, in the game on the weekend, he was put through and just skied it. Like he, there, there are games where his confidence is sky high and he looks like he can do everything. And then there are games, most games his finishing doesn't look quite top tier i was gonna say i feel like he's sort of put to bed a bit that last season it was really bad wasn't it it was so noticeably awful his finishing and people were jumping on him as a number nine for liverpool you know you need to be scoring more but i feel like this season he's gotten better at it that game he scored a hat trick the other week i thought his finishing was really good but there, you're right, there's always that lingering doubt. And as you say, Mane, I feel better having Mane in my team than I do 
than I would Firmino, even yeah, at Mane's sure. price. And but I would say that it's a, maybe a bit unfair to put him in the bracket of to put him and Jota in the Man City rotation bracket because at least I mean at least you know one of them will play. Like with City, it's like three of eight of them are going to play, you know, and four aren't, four or five aren't. So I think I don't think it's that drastic, but it's not. There's just not quite enough there. Is there with Firmino to make you want to jump on him? even in this striker drought that we're, that we're going through. Too much risk, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Sorry, Bobby. Sorry, Bobby. But the number one spot, he's already been mentioned just in that conversation. Mohamed Salah, Jack, no. is ever-present. Uh, four, 450 minutes, an XG of 4.12, six goals, four assists in the last yeah, five games. Mad numbers, isn't it? He's, I mean, he's head and shoulders above any other player in the Premier League at the moment. And even though he disappointed us this week with just an assist return, which, yeah, very disappointing. Did he have a goal disallowed like Mane did? Maybe not. Was he through on goal at one point? I thought he put it in the net. Maybe not. But he, I mean, what more can we say? Are you, do you, is he still a perma-captain for you at the moment? Yeah, I think until we see anything otherwise... He's still returned, didn't he? Like he's just incredible at the moment. And yeah. I don't think one week where he only got an assist affects really that much our confidence in, in you know the next game week, for example. So um yeah, West Ham, a bit of a trickier game this week, but Liverpool still look good in an attacking sense, and he is at the forefront of that. So I yeah, will be putting him. the armband on him. Yep, same. We've done Salah to death, haven't we? Because he's always in these bloody charts. Exactly. You almost need to change the metric, so somehow he's not. But but it says <laughs> it all that he's he's been top of the XG for a long time now, a long long time. But Let's, that's the XGs. Yeah. Onto the XAs. Xa. Xa. Yeah. Third spot. He retains a spot in the top three. We saw him last week. Yuri Tielemans, Jack. So one point six nine X XA. Two goals, one assist in the last five. Do you, are you interested in him from a goal scoring and you know kind of creative playing perspective? Uh, we said it last. It still stands what we said last week. I think on him that great player could be in any team in real in the real life. You'd want him in your team. And watching that Arsenal game on Friday, he was Esther's best player. Still, I thought he puts put some chance on a plate for Harvey Barnes, who should have done better. So, yeah, creatively, he is brilliant. And as Madison has fallen off, he's kind of stepped up to be their their main creator, I think. So it's still something about him that I just don't think... He's, his two goals have been two worldies, like we said. And I just think Leicester, Leicester aren't convincing enough at the moment to warrant his inclusion ahead of some of the other midfield options. So, yeah, it's, you know, keep an eye on him, watch list him. But I'm not, I'm not worried about not having him put it that way how do you feel agree discussed it last week didn't we he is going to have a lot of key passes in the Leicester games but can we afford to be prioritizing players just for their assist points probably not and especially when they're not through the roof he's only had one assist in the last five so yeah he is going to be great and he will get points but I don't think he's hot enough property for us to be really shouting from the you know, from the rooftops about about picking him. So, yeah, same as last week. Same applies. Yeah, 
see you, Tealers. Keep going well, though. Happy for you. Seems like a nice guy, doesn't he? Well done, yeah, Tealy. Great. Yeah, well done, mate. Who's next for the XA, Josh? Number two, someone who, dare we say it, has avoided the pep roulette recently. Bernardo Silva, 450 minutes, the same as Tielemans, the same as the Salas. Played every game. In the last five game weeks. 1.76 XA, one goal, one assist. Well, I know we say stay away from the pep roulette, the city kind of doubts. But if you had to pick one midfield or attacking asset, would P be in the conversation for you? I mean, yeah, if you had to pick one, it's him or Foden, I think. But, I mean, we say he's not involved in the Pep Roulette, but I feel like that's akin to saying if you go to the roulette table and it hits red every time, saying, oh, well, red's not in the roulette anymore. It's just going to guarantee to be red. When actually the next roll, even though it's been red five times, it's still 50-50, the next roll, Josh, as Matt tells us. So even with that City, even with the City with him playing five games in a row. You know, we were there with Grealish at the start of the season. He did that, suddenly benched out of nowhere. We've been there with Mares. We've been there with Foden. Currently, we're there with Bernardo. He could just be benched next game. There's no... It would not... Would it surprise any of us if that team sheet came out and he wasn't on it? No. And so, therefore, you're going to be sweating every week. It's not worth it. He's not exactly... He's not going crazy with these numbers. One goal, one assist. He's a quality player, we all know. But yeah, I'm not. None of them at the moment, those City players, are so good when they're playing that you want to warrant the rotation risk, are they? You know, they're not, none of them are scoring every game. So they almost have to be at a crazy level. They have to be pushing Salah levels of returns for you to warrant that inclusion in your team so like I've got Mane in my team because even though I concede that he's now maybe part of that rotation with Jota and Firmino he's so good like he's the second highest midfielder in the game now after Salah so I know that when he does play he's very very likely to return whereas I don't think you can quite say that for any of these city assets at the moment the form they're in what do you think so I rambled there what do you think about Bernardo I you said it I think We've one goal, one assist in the last five, despite his XA being something to look at. He's not been getting the points for us to say, yeah, you've got to bring him in. There are other options where you could have more certainty over the long term because you don't want to have a player in now that you may have to worry about in three game weeks or whatever because of the rotation. And City just have a thing about sharing points between their players. You know, they it's hard every season, isn't it? They They have so many points that they score because of their attacking returns and clean sheets but they're shared across just a bigger pool of players because they've got so many great assets and I think you mentioned this before isn't it like Harrison was the highest scoring midfielder from last season for them because because he played for for Leeds didn't he because he had those consistent minutes so yeah minutes same applies minutes are king yeah yeah Um, I mean let's come back to him when he's played 10 in a row I'll be amazed if he gets there and then then we can talk but till then don't want to talk about him. No. no. Who, Josh, is top of the XA charts? It's another familiar name. It's Mohamed Salah again. Oh, that guy. Yeah, that, that guy. guy. Yeah. Can I just say, Josh, where this is quite a momentous moment. He's not, it's a shock that he's not number one, but it's a bigger shock he's not in the top three. 
former champ, Ivan Tony. Where is he? He's number four. He's number four. He's fallen out. He's he has fallen, fallen out. out. The podium. Shame, so, Ivan. Uh, yeah, he's been there for quite a long time. Ever present. Uh, we'll him. probably send him like a t-shirt or something, I guess. Yeah. But Shame. Shame. I mean, out. yeah, we don't need to say anything about more about Salah, do we? He's selfishly no. topped both charts. So, yeah, get him in, Captain him, and worry about the rest of your team. Done. Diddly on. Done and dusted. Uh, so, yeah, that's X- XA and XG top performers i think we'll we take a quick break now and then we'll come over to the quickfire questions yeah sure lovely all right back in a sec and we're back so now jack we have the quickfire questions last week you read them out to me so this time switcheroo i will be the interrogator <laughs> Great. Or should I say interview? That's a bit softer. There we go. Uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll no, I'm be not going to be interrogated. I can take the heat. I can take Okay. The heat. All right. Let's well, let's, let's ramp it up. So yeah. first question, Chelsea defence, are they must-haves? And I will say that broadly because we don't know which play, exact player to talk about, but please include that in your answer. Sure. Chelsea defence, I don't own any. I think they are the their, their city's attack, but in defensive form in that you just don't know. They're frustratingly all such good assets when they play, but you really don't know if they're going to play. And I'd put even the mighty Chilwell in that because Alonso isn't going anywhere, is he? He's still going to be breathing down that neck. And Chilwell's the better player, I think everyone would agree. But I just think the rotation, Tuchel seems to like rotating random players. And... Look at Aspilicueta owners this week, completely screwed over. James comes in, gets 21 points. Unbelievable. But even owning James now, I think there's a reason we're not all rushing to James. And that's because it's we know he may well be benched next week. So I'm avoiding personally. I'm treating them like I treat City assets. It's a very tempting... Um, what's, a, what's a tempting thing that's actually bad? A snake and an apple? What's the what's a famous thing? Yeah. Siren calls. There's sirens on the on the rocks. You know, either, either of those. summoning my ship that is my team onto the rocks. Maybe, yeah. They're they're, t- they're a temptress that I'm going to avoid. What do you think, Josh? Do you own a Chelsea defender? I I did own Alonso up until recently. You did. I switched him over to Trent. You did. But with this city issue, and we're going to get over to that of not having, not looking confident with their cleans. Chelsea do have, you know, the lowest XGA of any team at the moment, and they have the lowest conceded. They're great. Goals. Yeah, so they're great. They're great, but again, this is that as you as you were as you mentioned, it's the city asset conundrum, isn't it? Even a Rudiger, could I interest you in a Rudiger? He only missed one game because of injury. Apart from that, he's played every game. Yeah, maybe you could. Maybe you could. Yeah. But not, not with urgency, I guess. No, he does score goals now and then, doesn't he? Yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna go for anyone, it probably would be him. And he's not too expensive either, is he? I don't think. Is he five or he what he started the season at five mil? He's I'm really bad at my price knowledge, actually. But yeah, yeah, Rudiger, Rudiger's fine. Rudiger's fine to have, you're right, actually. I'll take that back a little bit. Five point nine. Yeah, he's solid. And he does know where the goal is, doesn't he? He does, he does like the goal. They are the best defence in the league, I would say, for sure. It's just that full-backs especially, my God, don't go near it. Yeah, I mean, 
out of the top 10 defenders in terms of points for the season so far, four of them are Chelsea players. Yeah. They're so attacking, aren't they? I mean, maybe it's one of those where, I mean, if you've had Reese James all this time and he doesn't play, doesn't play, doesn't play, then gets 21 points, then actually that's kind of like him getting a clean sheet every week, isn't it? So maybe it's good to have him in. I don't know. Maybe that's a new way to look at it. Like I remember listening to a guy who a couple of years ago, he had Del, was it Del Fonzo? The Watford guy. Is that who he is? The, the really flary Delafeo. Sorry, yeah, Delafeo. Delfonso was an old Villa striker. <laughs> yeah, I did think that. I, was like, I went I to school with him actually. That's what I was thinking <laughs> of him. But uh, Delafeo, uh, who uh, this guy, he's I think he was on who got this this pod, but he was religious about the XG stats, so he just kept him in blank, 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 and then he hit four goals in a game, and so he was like, well, that's justified it because if you spread that spread that score along those games he's returned in every game so that's a kind of interesting way to uh to look at it because you often you get blinkered by just a return that given week don't you whereas you don't think actually like the like a Jimenez who might score a goal every week you never think oh he's he's amazing but actually if he blanked then blanked then got a hat trick you'd be like Jimenez is amazing I'm really glad I stuck with him so it's an interesting like psychological affect that that was too long on that question josh let's move on give <laughs> yeah me quick fire quick fire give me the next one give me the next one next what do you do with your city defensive assets so we mentioned that the last one they have they haven't had as many cleans as we were hoping for or expecting do you want them what do you do if you've got them man you've you've got them i know you've got two of them Cancelo and diaz and they're the two that i would get as well and i would have got if i'd wildcarded when you did you've just been so unlucky with them Non-owners like me have been very lucky in, in what's happened to City. I mean, a stupid penalty to give away by Edison at the weekend. And yeah, they just leak the odd goal, don't they? They leak. I wonder if it's just a factor of having so much possession that you, they do go to sleep a little bit, as good as they are. You know, 4-1 to... I mean, beating Brighton 4-1, there was no need. They've just lost to Palace. They've... They got the clean against Burnley, didn't they? Uh, but it's very unlucky. And Cancelo especially, so attacking, but just hasn't delivered for him, has it yet? I think you hold is the answer to that. And don't don't knee-jerk them out because the cleans will come and I think the attacking returns will come for Cancelo. Um, unless you've got Laporte, in which case I think he's done. <laughs> Get rid of him. Yeah, listening to what you're saying, I think... It's just because they haven't had cleans in the last two. And you can point to, especially in the Edison, you know, giving away the penalty when he really didn't need to there. That These are just individual errors which have led to those goals. And I will correct one of the things I said in the Chelsea discussion that actually City have the best XGA. So Chelsea are second, but City have, you know, supposedly the best expectancy to not concede goals. So... They're still great on paper. And as as you mentioned, some of them, like Cancelo, have great um, upsides, you know, going forward as well. Cancelo is the second highest point scorer in terms of defenders. I think it's one of those things that they're still great options, but it's, it's proof that the stats, no matter what they say, City would expect to have lots, lots of clean sheets. Anything can happen. Great stats. So 
There we are. Indeed. Third question. Are, is there now doubt around Brentford assets and particularly Tony, given their result this weekend, which was a 3-1 loss to Burnley? What are your thoughts with that? Are you still interested in doubling up because they've got great fixtures? I am interested in doubling up. I don't know if I'll do it yet. I mean, what, what I would say is do not sell any of them. I mean, it's a sin to sell any player from any team that has Norwich and Newcastle next. Like, you cannot... Like, Rafinha is a lesson in that this week. A lot of people sold him. He's a bit of a doubt. He had Norwich, sure enough, nine points. So, that Burnley game, no one saw that result coming. Fair play to Burnley. I think that was the shock. That was almost a bigger shock as the Palace beating City result. But there is a, they are a doubt, I think. They are still a bit of an unknown entity. And what, what I was thinking about Brentford is like they've, they've had loads of praise and they've put in some good performances, got some good results. But, you know, they came up through the playoffs last year. They didn't steamroll the championship. It was Norwich that did that. And Norwich are the ones really struggling now. So I think Brentford is still, they're still going to have weaknesses and they're still going to be able to be got at. It's just that teams haven't figured them out yet. A bit like Sheffield were when they came up. So I think they're better than Sheffield were, even in their their pomp, and they've got more about them and they're clever about the way they play. But there is doubt, and Tony, Tony especially is a frustrating one because owners have stuck with him through his blanking with kind of half an eye on this run of fixtures now and using his stats to back up that justification. But if he's not going to deliver in these next two, then I think you're going to have to get off him because if he can't do it against Burnley, Norwich and Newcastle, and he can only threaten to do it in other games, then he's not going to be worth it. So I think hold them now. This is the test. The next two weeks of the test for them. Yeah. Well, how's your feel? You've got him, Josh. You've got him. I've got him. Wemo, who annoyingly was, will hopefully be back next week, but how are you feeling about Tony? Yeah, it's, it's gone from expectancy to hope really now isn't it like we're yeah, hoping yeah. that he returns the underlying stats were there they've fallen dangerous, away a little bit dangerous switch isn't it, that? and but you're right so many people have got him in their teams we saw his price go from what was it 6.3 or 4 right up to 6.6 so people are getting him in for this run so that kind of uptick in ownership as well is another reason just to you know keep keep him there unless you have to make you're putting out fires or you have some other grand design to bring him in but I think those fixtures, as you said, anyone can can bag against you know Norwich and Newcastle at the moment. Keep him in with the double as well. We mentioned before the only ones we'd really like in attacking senses and Buemo next to him. So we'll have to see. Yeah, and I, I'm guessing they missed him in the Burnley game. Yeah, they must yeah, have done. for sure. Yeah, great. That's Brentford out of the way. Uh, next, so he's blanked three in the last four games. Who are we talking about? It is someone we touted as the best striker in terms of price per points. It's Mikel Antonio. So are we turning a corner here, Jack? I don't think we are, you know. And I say that watching the Villa game where they did well. I mean, he got the hockey assist. So he assisted the assister twice in that. And they actually should have been assists because they were just outrageous square balls from the guy he passed it to, to. I mean, they were brilliant goals. But Bowen and um, Lanzini received the ball from Antonio twice, were through on goal and, in, and could easily have been justified in shooting, but squared it instead. And Antonio was great. He bullied the defence. He did all the Antonio things. 
and he just did did everything but score and and I say got to assist. He's still playing well, is what I'm saying. And West Ham are only getting better and better and better. And as we've said, in this dearth of strikers, is dearth, does dearth mean you've got a lot of them or not a lot? Dearth? I'm not sure actually. You're, I normally go <laughs> to, to me, you it for these. Sounds kind of like questions. dearth sounds like there isn't enough of them. So the opposite of abundance, but maybe I'm wrong about that. Basically, there's no other good strikers, so just hold him because who are you going to go to? That's what I'm saying. And West Ham's fixtures are looking tasty, I believe. They're looking terrible, you mean? Are they? Uh, it's West Ham have got Liverpool, Wolves, City, Brighton, Awful. then Chelsea. Awful fixtures. Stay away. Sell, sell, sell. <laughs> got that one wrong. Yeah, they're so, not yeah, looking great. I got that wrong. Three Very big boys wrong. in the next five. And actually, Brighton are in there as well. And Wolves, who are both decent. I mean, they're hideous fixtures. Even so... I think Antonio can do it against the big boys. I think West yeah. Ham can do it against the big boys in the form they're in. And they probably are the fourth best team in the league at the moment. I mean, their, their position doesn't lie, I don't think. It doesn't flatter them. So, yeah, keep him. What do you think? You're going to keep him? Yeah, I think passes the eye test. You know, he's he is still an absolute monster and involved in opportunities, key passes, having shots. So obviously the blanks can lead to doubt, but he's doing all the right things. So we expect him to get points through the you know next five, 10 game weeks. So it's just a hold for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, every team will have bigger priorities than getting rid of Antonio. Great. So next question, you've mentioned part of this already, but should we be targeting in terms of captaincy and picking players in Teams that are playing Norwich and Newcastle in coming fixtures. We've already mentioned this for Brentford and things like that, but captaincy-wise and other reasons, what are your thoughts there? It's tricky, isn't it? Because it would fly in the face of the Perma-Salah captaincy. So the question is, are Norwich and Newcastle worse than Salah is good? And I think the answer is no for now. So I think a Salah captaincy against a good team is still a better than, say, a Tony captaincy against a Norwich or a Newcastle. I think where it gets tricky is when you'll get the very good teams against the Norwiches, so the West Ham's and the Chelsea's. So although we saw it, didn't we? Chelsea, we actually had that tested two weeks ago where Chelsea played Norwich and the Salah captain is against Man United won out because the Havertz, I mean, very few people captain Mason Mount that would have been as good as Salah but most people went to Havertz. More people still would have gone to Lukaku and Salah outscored them. So I think I think it's a no because of Salah. But if Salah got injured or, or lost form, then I think that's where I would then pivot to would be targeting those guys. I think at the end of the season is when that strategy becomes more pronounced because the Norwiches and thinking back the Fulhams and the Sheffields, they're gone by that point and they've given up hope. So before Christmas, these two, these, the t- every team still has hope. You know, before January, I think there's that mental thing of, well, that's next year. We could still survive this if we could pick up some points around Christmas. So stick with the Salah, stick with the informed players rather than the fixtures at the moment. That's what I think. Form of the fixture. Think? Yeah, agree. I think that was, you know, some of our conclusions to our talks pre season, which was yeah. for attacking assets, you want to go form and we've yeah. got an example of probably a player and the best form of their life. <laughs> so yeah, Salah for now. And 
by the time that form fizzles, I'm sure there'll be other things to discuss. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, for now, go with Salah. Great. So next we have a team that had the result of the game week, Crystal Palace. They've got a bit of a fixture swing now. So are we thinking, do we want Palace assets? Names like Gallagher jump out, but you know mm. there may be other gems hidden in there. They've got Wolves, Burnley, Villa, Leeds, oh, okay. then United. It was Palace whose fixtures I was thinking of when I got excited about West Ham. Apologies. It was yeah. Palace because I looked at them when I wrote this question down. Yeah, I love Gallagher and I love Zaha as picks right now. That's going to really boost them. I think Gallagher is Gallagher and Vieira have essentially changed Palace to become an exciting, attacking, confident team. So, yeah, defensively, I'd probably avoid them. But attacking-wise, Gallagher, Zaha are the ones to target. And I think Eze is now back, they tweeted out today. So he he's a brilliant creative force that they can add to that mix. So keep an eye on Eze. Gallagher and Zaha are great picks, in my opinion. What do you think? Yeah, we've seen them grow, haven't we, so far this season? And we we mentioned Gallagher earlier on, and they took a little bit of a dip with, in terms of his returns. But the result that they've just had and the fixtures that they've combined with the fixtures that they've got coming up, you can't turn a blind eye to that. And at price points that we're discussing, you know, for these for these assets, you're not really breaking the bank. So I think, yeah, you've, you've got to look at... Um, Bringing them in maybe as, as you know, a bit of a differential get up in your mini league, really. Yeah. Spoiler alert, I've already made my moves and one of them is a Palace player. So Ooh. you'll find out. Tune in, stay tuned even, to find out what that was. An ultimate question. Is Ronaldo back on the cards? Insane finish. Brilliant. This week, this weekend. Do yeah. we, st- despite what's going on with, you know, United, I know they've just beat top Spurs, but Spurs are not but they're probably two teams on the back foot in terms of form. They came out on top. Good performance. Do you want Ronaldo now? Suddenly? It's, yeah, it's difficult for me, this one, Josh, because they he have is... City this week. So. They have City this week, so I think you can survive a week without him, probably. Of all weeks, this will be the week to, to survive without him. Although it wouldn't surprise me if he, if he scored. But even when Man U were in their terrible, having their terrible run of games, and arguably you could... St- still say they're in terrible form because Spurs were that bad. Ronaldo's stats were still rising above that, weren't they? So he was still in the XG numbers. I'm surprised he's dropped out of the top three, actually. But he was always in and around that. His XA was always nowhere, but his XG, because of who he is, was always up there. And I thought his assist was beautiful this week, actually, to Cavani, the little the little cut back and the, and the prod through. So, yeah, I think Ronaldo is on the cards. I think if you've got him, hold him for sure. And maybe I'm in a position where I'm going to have a look at Kane now the Spurs thing has happened, see how he does, but but the move to Ronaldo might be on the cards for me. Yeah. What do you think about Ronaldo? Yeah, I, between him and, say, Aubameyang, I would be leaning towards Aubameyang, mm. and that would save you, you know, 2.5 as well. True. So him, when you look at it in isolation, yeah, I think he's not a bad asset. But when you start comparing him to other options, and directly at the moment, because Lukaku's off the cards, you're comparing him to Vardy, Kane, who, as you said, is probably not worth comparing at the moment, and then Aubameyang. I think Vardy and Aubameyang are no worse than him, to put it that way. 
and then you bank the 2.5 which you can spend on other upgraded assets elsewhere Good maybe point. your manes maybe whoever more expensive midfielders so or defenders that's exactly where i stand great asset but i'd probably prefer a vardy or a bamyang at the moment over him at the moment yes that's shall. oh everton have scored it's annoying there's a clean gone that is really annoying cody clean gone it won't be a scored so it's 2-1 now oh dear well don't dwell on it instead no, think about this final question it, Jack. this the final pod's, question pod's over answer <laughs> the pod uh yeah what's the final question josh final question does the Spurs sacking and their good fixtures now mean that we should look at Spurs assets? And I'm guessing this is your kind of Suns and Canes primarily. It'll be your Suns and Canes probably, yeah. And I mean, the I mean the answer, Josh, is quite a simple one, I think, and it's still a wait and see. I would say we don't know how much of Spurs' awful play and particularly Kane's awful play was down to Nuno. Or is it down to a general malaise in the club because they're going downhill? Everyone knew K wanted to go, et cetera, et cetera. So Nuno was probably a bad fit. I think everyone would agree. But maybe it wasn't all on him, you know, the, the malaise. So I, I definitely wouldn't be running to jump on the Suns and Canes now at all. But I definitely have my eye on them to see how they get on this week. And who have they got this week? Everton. Fixtures open. It's Everton. So, I mean... They can be got at Everton, but it's not an easy fixture. So maybe it's a very good acid test for them to see. The, the rumours are Conte, by the time you're listening to this, Conte may be in the, in the hot seat, but I think Mason has taken charge for now, hasn't he? And Kane did play for Mason when he when he was there, but that was before the summer happened and, and Kane announced he wanted to leave. So very, very tricky, but I wouldn't say they're, they're an option just yet. What do you think? And what I'm picking up from all those points that you just said is uncertainty, uncertainty everywhere. Yeah. And why would you want to bring in an asset that you may have to take out in two or three game weeks? So yeah. I think we, as you said, use this weekend as an asset test, maybe use the next two game weeks even after that as asset tests. If we're going to spend 12.5 or 10 on assets, we mm. want to have a little bit of certainty. So at least some potential, you know, form coming in or something. Very good. So that's quick fire questions done. Next, we've got three fixtures that we think are interesting in terms of having assets that a lot of managers will have on both sides. And we're going to talk about them and go through what, what we think, whether you should play those assets, you know, captainable, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So the first one, Saturday, 12.30 kickoff, Man United at home to Manchester City, Jack. Yeah, let, let, I'm going to throw it back to you, Josh. I did a lot of talking there on that last segment. What do you think will happen in the game, result-wise, and what assets do you think would be good or we should avoid? Well, what I would say is it's a classic thing with derbies that they tend to be quite cagey and hard-fought games, as in not kind of open, free-flowing, but almost like a kind of world world war one battle where you're fighting over inches rather than kind of miles isn't it like i think that's what how they'll set up again but city are the better team we know that will the will the form of last week boost the united players to to playing well and winning this game i don't think they will i think city are going to win 
but they'll United will fight hard in the first half an hour. So what I think is, if you've got any Sith, um, United assets, like defensive assets, I don't think many people do. Don't don't play them. If you've got your attacking assets for United, I'm going to stick my neck out again and say I don't think they're going to re- return. I don't think I think City are going to keep them to a. Uh, it'll be a, a win for City, and they'll keep a clean sheet. Cool. I think, yeah, I think United will have really learned their lesson in how to set up in a game against a good team from that Liverpool game. And it wouldn't surprise me to see them stick to the same formation that they did against Spurs, which really negates all of their exciting English wingers. <laughs> like Bench Bench Rashford, Greenwood and Sancho, didn't they? And, and Cavani and Ronaldo sort of did the job for them. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they, if they go back with something like that against City. But... I think City, I mean, City are a lot better than Spurs. And I think that United, I think it might be a bit of a false dawn for United, that result against Spurs, because they were the lowest of the low Spurs then. So I expect a comfortable City win, to be honest. I don't think I don't think United have, have turned any particular corner. I think they're rubbish defensively still. And it's just that Spurs were toothless. So Man City are anything but toothless. So if you have City assets, definitely play them. Maybe bench your United defenders if if you've still for some reason got any. Yeah, I'm not I'm not hopeful for United at all here, and I don't think that's my anti-United bias coming in. I think it's just it's not a good yeah. time for this fixture for them, isn't it? They would it's have wanted not, a few it? more. Yeah, they would have. Be interesting to see how they do against Atalanta in the week. Yeah. That'll be very interesting to see as they go into this. Yeah, yeah, good point. So interesting one. Cool. Our next of the three key fixtures, Josh, we've got Leeds versus Leicester, the two L's. Mm. Battle of the L's. Who, well, you picked this one, Josh. What What was your reasoning behind picking this one? Well, mainly I think it's because some people have still got the Rafinhas, for example, and a lot of people have got their Vardis. And we've mentioned, you know, Tielemans, and I'm not sure if anyone will have any defensive assets from these two but it's really those attacking assets. And I wanted to basically say that I think it is going to be a bit of a goal fest in my mind. I mm. think they can both be got at in terms of, you know, their defensive frailties, especially Leeds. So despite Leeds being at home, I really think that, you know, your Rafinha's and your Vardy's have got a lot of potential to get points here. Yeah, I I agree. I think I think Leicester are going to come through and win this, actually. I don't think Leeds are any great shakes. You know, they squeaked. They were lucky against Norwich, in my opinion. Norwich had some good chances. And they, it's amazing how much they missed Bamford, I think. it's It really has shown how much they came to rely on Bamford and his hold-up play and his, his general forward play. And Rafinha is still a hole because of who he is. He's, he's magical. He can... He could do what he did against Norwich and pull it out of the bag himself. But yeah, Leicester, I think if you're a Vardy owner, if you went for Tielemans in the end, then it's a good time to yeah, good time to play them and it should be a good fixture for them. Leicester but to win comfortably, in my opinion. If, if you have Rafinha like you do, will you play him? Would you? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, Rafinha's an always a play. He's a fixture-proof player, Rafinha, for me. He's that kind of... That kind of guy. Plus, my bench is rubbish. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. No, he's. I'm happy with Rafinha. I know he's he's yellow flagged yet again. I think, my but God. I think what we've learned from the Rafinha flaggings is just um, he should be fine. Yeah, ignore the yellow. 
good. Right. And Bielsa always gives you the, the you know, he just gives you hits you straight, doesn't he? Shoots he's, you straight. God bless him. Yeah, he's very good. Say. He's very good at saying who's in and out. So yeah, keep keep your eyes peeled for the conference. But I have a suspicion Rafinha will be just fine in that one. Lovely. And the third one, let me kick it to you then. Okay, switcheroo. It's West Ham at home to Liverpool. Oh yeah, very tough one for Liverpool. Been a bit of a tough run for Liverpool with United Brighton and now this. I think it might be a similar similar thing with the Brighton game where it wouldn't surprise me if West Ham score at all. But again, Liverpool will score against every team. And they tend to they tend to be in a mode Liverpool now, correct me if I'm wrong, Josh, of having like a very hot 20, 30 minute spell, usually in the first half, where they score a couple of goals, they tend to. And then they then they become a bit defensively lapsed later on and, and maybe leak a couple and make it a bit difficult for themselves. Is that fair? Is it a, is it a defensive mid issue? What's going on? Yeah, I would agree. So I think both teams are going to score. I would expect both teams to score in this game. Yeah. And I think Liverpool's defensive frailties recently comes partly down to missing personnel. So Matip has been managing his minutes and so Canate has come in yeah missing Fab and the midfield the midfield options that Liverpool have at the moment Cater came off injured again on the weekend they're not the best in terms of defensive coverage so you know the when Trent gets on and, and Robertson gets on it's the boring midfielders as everyone's refers to that really cover them and Hendo's the only one at the moment in the mix who's fit who can do that because the other two midfielders that we had were Curtis Jones, who is a lit, is, is not defensive minded, and Oxley Chamberlain, who we know is not defensive minded. So I think it's just a little bit too much work for Henderson, unless you know people like Fab Fabinho can come back. Um, it, there's rumours that he is, we you know, he's training before last last weekend's game, so he may be back in time for this game. But until those players come back, Liverpool, I think, are open to conceding. Yeah. That's that's fair. Should be a good game to watch. Attacking, hopefully. That's the Sunday 4.30. So yeah. late points. Boom. But yeah, that's Super it. Sunday. Yeah, brilliant. That's the fixture predictions. Uh, let's have a quick break and then we'll come back with our plans. You've already given a spoiler. You've made some moves already. Our plans for game week 11 and then the Algo teams. Cool. And we're back again, 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 again. So, Jack, as promised, game week 11, transfer plans and captaincies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You've already, you know, given a little spoiler. So put us out of our misery. What what are you doing for game week 11? Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know why I did this, really. <laughs> it was in a, it was a boredom. It was in, I was a bit bored on... Last night, I think it was. Yeah. So or everyone had played except Cody, my team. So I felt safe. But I, I think it was after watching Match of the Day and I was just so impressed with Palace that I just thought, wow, they're, they're doing really well. And I was, I was fresh off the disgust at Spurs and Regulon being benched. So I was, I was planning to ditch Regulon anyway. But I just thought, you know what? Let's, let's sack him off now. It looked like he was going to drop and he did price drop today. So I'm glad I did it. So I had two free transfers. So I took 
Regulon out and brought West Ham's Johnson in. So 3.9 mil, scored a great goal, seems pretty nailed on. Brought in Johnson for Regulon and then got rid of Sissoko, my fifth mid, for Conor Gallagher. And I had the exact, I think I had 0.1 remaining after doing that. So... Yeah, the plan will be to do a shift to a three. I've been rocking the four four two, and the four three three quite a lot. So I'm going back to the old classic three at the back, FPL standards. So play the three five two, and have kept Holder Kane. So I think Tony's lackluster performance and the Nuno leaving twisted my opinion there on getting rid of Kane for Tony. So I'm keeping Holder Kane as a bit of a differential now. And and yeah, gonna rock. I've still got Mbwemo repping my Brentford. So yeah, I'll be rocking the three five two with the Salemane, Rafinha, Gallagher, and Mbwemo across the middle, and Kane and Antonio up top. So so there it is, and it's done and dusted. And it is quite freeing, you know. Now and again, when you do that, when you when you play a bit more aggressively and make the transfers early, didn't know about Champions League at the time being in the week. So. <laughs> was a bit annoyed when I saw that today. So that's weak management on my part. But yeah, what's done is done. Looking at the team feels great. You know, when you get that, just you feel nice when you see that pick team tab. Happy. See them all. Yeah, yeah, I feel happy. I feel a three. There's something nice about a three, five, two, the way it looks, I think. Like that stacked midfield just screams points at you. I don't know. And the fixtures are pretty good this week as well. So... High hopes for the weekend, Josh. So that's me. How about you, you, man? What are you thinking? Hmm. Well, first and foremost, I will be starting Ramsdale this week it's good against move. Watford. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, thank God I'm doing Frost that. Frost incoming. Yeah. Oh, my God. If he does, I'll be <laughs> wounded. But, yeah, so I don't really have any fires. Just a couple of annoyances, I think, really. Things like... I've got Ben Rama, who actually returned this week, but generally I'm not that happy with him. Got Saar kind of just sat on the bench. He's been sat on the bench recently, not yeah. doing anything. And I haven't decided on anything concrete, but the two players that I've been looking at this week are Gallagher, same as yeah. you. So that could be a Ben Rama to Gallagher. Uh, ben Rama playing against Liverpool this week as well. You so got the one transfer to make, yeah? Got the one transfer, yeah. So that could be Benny out to Gallagher for this week. Or a little bit more wild is Trussell. I'm leaning towards Trossard. Yeah, he looks good, doesn't he? He looks good. He passes the eye test. He's been yeah. getting points. Very and talented. Fixtures. Newcastle at home this week. Villa away. Leeds yeah. at home. West Ham, then Southampton. So decent. Yeah. I mean, I, I was one to say that I thought that Brighton's attack wasn't all that and a bag of potato chips. But, you know, they looked decent against Liverpool and between the two of them, Gallagher and and Trossard, given those fixtures, I don't think there's much between them at all. And those are the two options. So let me kick it to you, Jack. Who would you want out of those two? Yeah, I didn't consider consider old Trossy, but I should have done. Yeah, Gallagher... Yeah, I immediately went to Gallagher. I mean, stats-wise, how are they? How do they compare in terms of underlying stats? Well, I haven't done an underlying stat comparison, so this is completely eye test feeling. This is eye test feeling, and in terms of Trossard, what got me there originally was his 
returns so far. So, you know, he's 6.4 mil, 41 points he's got so far, which is a nice little return. Mm. But, you know, his in terms of his game week returns, they're quite mixed. So, you know, nine points this week against Liverpool, but then he only he had quite a few blanks until back in game week five. But he passes the eye test. So, and with those fixtures, I don't know whether it's worth rolling that dice. So, very quickly bringing up a comparison. I mean, for the season, Gallagher smashes Trossard for the expected stats. So Gallagher, 3.44 XG, 2.23 XA. Trossard, 1.77 XG and 0.9 XA. And Trossard's played nearly 100 minutes more, mm. which is interesting. But if we filter it down to the last couple of weeks, then maybe we'll get a different story. So this is live comparison, people. You're live hearing comparison. this live. And as you're doing that, I guess I can say that Trossard is, you know, 0.8 more yeah. than Gallagher. And actually, the fixtures you can take off the table because they both got good fixtures. Yeah, Palace have got great fixtures as well. So, yeah, Trossard edges. For the last three weeks, Trossard is edging Connor for, for XG, 0.89 to 0.58. And, but Gallagher is a slightly higher XA. So, let you're right, the last three weeks, there isn't much between them. So, yeah, and I'd say Brighton a slightly better team all round. But maybe Connor is more of a talisman than Trossard is, although maybe that's, that might be debatable. Yeah, it's a tricky one, man. That's a really tricky one. I'd, I'd probably go Gallagher. Yeah, and, and so would I, I think. The, the only kicker really was, you know, this week coming up at home to Newcastle. Yeah, tasty. Is is quite a tasty fixture to go. And I, I know you never want to hold on to a player and think, oh, I'm going to get them out in two weeks' time or whatever. But yeah, that's a nice kind of tasty apple look i'm looking at for for next for next game week and actually you know when you look at gallagher's you know wolves at home burnley who did well this week yeah then villa leeds united yeah not as good are they actually no but they're still decent so yeah yeah. i think that that therein lies the problem Mm. but yeah that's it for me yeah Um, i'd sleep i'd dwell on that one sleep on that one see i'll see what your gut tells you because that is that goes down to the gut, I think. Yeah, unfortunately, and my gut hasn't been good so far. So. Decisive gut. Well, you go go to the opposite of your gut. <laughs> yeah, the Ramsdale Foster, I think, points oh, to my don't, gut. Don't beat yourself about that one, man. That's, I mean, yeah, I think on paper it wasn't that, but I mean, he should have conceded. Really, Ramsdale, the, the saves he was making were were insane. Some of them, so yeah. Superman. Yeah, tricky. Anyway, and final point, captaincy. Dare I ask? Yeah, it's on Mo. It's on Mo again. I don't think there's really any other. I know a lot of other podcasts like to have a big captaincy chat, don't they? But even even watching those videos and listening to them, they're even saying, "Look, there's no need for us to do this at the moment. Just go for uh, go for Salah." Even though they're playing a really good West Ham, he could just score past them, can't he? I yeah, mean, Puemo against Norwich, or Tony against Norwich, if if you want to go for a punt. Or, you know, a Brighton player against Newcastle. But I just, I'd I'd still fear Salah more than I'd want to go for one of them. Yeah. Yeah, Salah, for sure. Stick to what you know, Captain Mo. Yeah. Great. That's game week 11, transfer plans and captaincy. Jack, over to you with the Algo teams. How are the boys doing? Algorithms. Well, Josh, so 
quick reminder, we run a differential 11 and an XG 11. So based on algorithms on differential under 5% owned players and XG 11, just the XG data. So what we've seen previously is in the weeks where the template or the majority of managers don't do that well. So we, like I would say this week, so I think the average will be just above 40 points this week. We've seen in the past that the differential 11 in those weeks have done really well because, and that kind of stands to reason because the, the, the high-owned players have done poorly as weeks where the low-owned players tend to do pretty well. And this week is no exception, Josh. So the oh. differential 11 rolled a transfer, didn't make a transfer, and he's currently on 64 points as it stands. Damn. So really good. So a game week rank of 357,000. They've got the likes of Lowton, who scored. They've got Mane captain, Fornals and Bowen, that West Ham differential duo with 11 and 6 points, respectively. Jimenez still in play, currently on 9 points with a goal and bonus. And yeah, those were the haulers and, and it's set them up with a, with a really nice 64 points. Still overall, though, still just under 5 mil in the world. So it just shows that, I think it is starting to show that the template's template for a reason, isn't it? Like it's the popular players are popular for a reason. And there may be the odd week like this where differentials do well, but across the whole of the season, that template is going to do better. So that's the current theme of the differential 11, Josh, for uh, for so far after 10 game weeks. So, so yeah, but it is really cool to see these random weeks where it, where it just completely blows the average out of the water. Yeah, and there's a couple yeah. of players in there that, although the team may not be doing it consistently, you know, the Manes that you picked early on and the Bowens recently, they've been consistent performers. Yeah, they have. I mean, Bowen, I wanted to mention Bowen, actually, because he, he's he been doing very well. Very, very... I mean, would you consider him in your Ben Rama shuffle? Not at the moment because of their fixtures, West yeah. Ham's fixtures. So... Give me five game weeks when they get past their City, Liverpool, Chelsea. Then, yeah, I'll I think be, he's, I'll, he is good. He hasn't blanked for five weeks now. He's returned five weeks in a row. Yeah, that's incredible. If it wasn't for the fixtures, then yeah, I'd be all over that as a yeah. sideways move from, from Ben Rama. He'd be in that kind of versus Trossard versus Gallagher discussion because West yeah. Ham are an amazing team, as you said. But those fixtures, I think, are dangerous. Yeah, I'd agree. I agree. And what the other interesting thing about the differential 11 is like the rule is that players can, they, it can only transfer in players under 5% owned. But quite a few of these players now are now over 5% owned. So you'd say there might there'd be quite good picks by them. So that, so Abamyang, Samatsman, and Jimenez are all over 5% owned now. And that's the strike force of the team. So that is quite interesting, I think, that that's happened although saying that it is just those three so Mane, Fornells, Bowen and De Bruyne are still still under five percent so crazy big names as well yeah big names yeah it says it all there is there's more variety than people think I think available in in this game but there we are so uh, yeah after this week it'd be interesting I'm sure some of those players will increase off the back of those great performances the the Bowens and the Lotons so there we are so that's differential United, as I've called them. Great, great week for them. The XG11, 
has had an all right week as well. So better than you and I, Josh. So we're both on 41-42. XG 11's on 47. Oh, So these are all players purely based on the XG data. So Chris Wood's finally come good with a goal. I should say that the I should say there were two transfers made this week. So Torres, who was injured, went out. Jota came in. And Raya, of course, got injured in goal. So Sanchez came in, who has the best XG for a goalie, apparently. All wow. those sprayed passes going around. So not the best transfers in the end. Jota, of course, was benched and came on for a one-pointer. Sanchez <laughs> got the one-pointer. But the points really came from Mane's in here, seven points. Salah captaincy with a 10. Conor Gallagher, who have mentioned a lot, got 13. And Chris Wood, who got the goal, got the six wow. points. So 47, so pretty decent for the XG11. And we'll have a look. I think we've got Tarkowski and me still, who I believe have dropped off on the XG charts. So I think this week the transfer will be a, a defender in. But we wow. shall see. Nice. Here we are. Uh, Good, good results. Yeah, so XG11 overall sitting at, not doing amazingly, sitting at 2.7 mil. So above the average for sure, but at the moment it's suggesting that XG data isn't sufficient to pick a team, particularly at the back, particularly in defence. So maybe it's next, next season, Josh, we run a thing where we use XG data for the attacking players and maybe XGA data for the defenders who knows yeah i like it cool perfect that's game week 11 wrapped we'll come back see how we got on after all the champions league fixtures and game week 11 until then like and subscribe if you you know please do like what we're saying also tell your friends and email yeah tell your friends all that good stuff like comment email retweet follow all of the above please all of that stuff and um, we'll speak to you again next week. Yeah, keep an eye out on the YouTube this week. We'll post a couple of bits up. And yeah, have a great week. Lovely. Well, speak to you then. Thanks, Cheers, Josh. Joshua. Bye-bye right. now. Bye.